0: Two, ready, one. Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King, I'm your host here in the City of Chicago. And joining me here is Lynn Fischero, the founder of Mission USA.
1: The coconut water is just not doing the job.
0: That is a dark, dark state of affairs. Also joining us, is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I don't even have coconut water. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> Joining us all the way from Roachers, Tennessee, one of the pastor of Crashing Community Church, Lee Younger. Hello, and welcome to Matt King's podcast. Wow, I, I, hey, I like that rebrand. I, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a strong name. I think the people would really respond to it. But we, I just like the way you the did re-brand. it. I
2: wanted to, I wanted to see if I could pull it off.
0: Sure, no, I think it's, it's, you know, Lee, Lee is clearly gunning to overthrow me, but uh, we all knew that was going to happen eventually and uh speaking of being overthrown in the middle of things i'm trying to do yeah i'm forced to declare an emergency what? wow this is an emergency from our bridge program last tuesday okay uh for which uh glenn was actually out of town he was mm-hmm. he was on a, a vacation um so he he wasn't there so i was doing the the our, what we call our keeping it real slot which is our right. staff uh one of our staff people preaches every week at the bridge along with our three pastors we were we were talking about it, basically a, a topic that was about uh, feeling comfortable, feeling like you, you fit in enough to kind of have good things in your life, which comes up a fair amount with the, with the folks at the bridge. And we, we, we've mentioned before on the, sh- on the show, if people haven't had the pleasure to be at the bridge. We hope you come down, email ahead, let mm-hmm. us know. Don't just show up. Um, is that it's a, a di- maybe a different environment than you're used to in your regular Sunday morning and the level of interactivity. Yeah, that the person yeah. on stage might have with the crowd, even maybe if your church is a little, is a livelier tradition or just, you know, you're a, maybe a smaller congregation. There's maybe a lot of, you know, amens or, or, you know, kind of or, you know, laughter or cheering or whatever you might do. That's not what I mean by interactivity. What I mean is more along lines of Glenn giving a sermon some years ago where he was describing something and, since he was not connecting with the crowd so he stopped and said you guys know what i mean to which a gentleman in the dead back of the room stood up and glenn he replied no i
1: don't know what you mean can you give us another example
0: <laughs> which glenn did
1: i did i gave and then he said
0: example. okay i get that and then we all went on so there's a, there's a certain amount of call and response So I'm I'm preaching the sermon and I'm talking, I'm trying to make light of the idea. I feel like you don't fit into the kingdom. So we can all All see that that's a little silly. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He's probably fine with being a little rough around the edges when we come to try to do better. So I mentioned, you know, I know I've, maybe we've all felt, and I know I felt that I couldn't, I we've, I was declaring it, I was comparing it to the the phenomenon of not feeling like you're in good enough shape to go to the gym. Right. I'm not in go to the gym shape yet. I can't do that. <laughs> right. I to, If I need to do a little work, you know, to make sure I can get into, into church space. So I mentioned you, my, you worried, I know I might, you know, do the wrong thing or, you know, say a dirty word. And a young lady who it was her first time at the bridge from our residential programs, literally raised her hand and said out loud, presumably to me on stage, but loud enough for everyone to hear. That's me. I feel like that. I need a swear jar.
1: (laughs) Uh, I just love the idea that that having no experience of being in church, her her assumption was if you, if you hear a sin go by be sure to let everybody know yeah. that's yours you know you got to let
0: this guy know he's on the right track
1: <laughs> yeah 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 otherwise
0: he might lose. he's probably waiting to make <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. somebody's connecting with what he's saying that's
1: right you're getting warmer pastor <laughs> i'm all over that sin
0: absolutely but, right and that gave me uh, the idea of a business opportunity yeah. oh. as we often look for here on the say that podcast sure and uh, if you, if you're familiar with the wider church world you may know that uh, kind of across the board, numbers are down. Yeah. Giving is down. Yeah. Particularly with the young people. You know, right. passing the plate. You know, even they try the online stuff. So I wonder do do we need to innovate here? Sure. Need to shift a paradigm. Are you, you gonna know?
3: disrupt church?
0: Well, I've done that many times. Ah. Right. <laughs> uh, to the point where now I'm comfortable with the bridge where it's pretty much one giant disruption after another. Yeah. That's the only place place I feel at home now. Right. In this case, I came with the idea of, you know, we all know the, the idea of the swear jar. You know, mom puts puts the last jar out, and if you, if you say a dirty word, you got to put an, you know, quarter of a quarter dollar in the jar or whatever. I assume they're sliding scales based on what word it is. Sure. And I would be tempted just to go ahead and toss 20 in that jar at the end of the week and just, right. you know, open tab. me up a tab. Write <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, just see what that can get me. Because maybe you make it to Friday without saying any other ones, and you get to say one of the big ones. That's right. Ooh, yeah. That's how you do that. But I had the idea of, you know... we. So we need to engage the people, right? And if people use the idea of you know giving, of you know engaging with this, a sin jar,
1: right? Okay,
0: you know sliding scale. You don't have to right. tell us what it is, but you know you did it. Yeah, pull money in the jar.
1: Well, now here's my first question about that. Please, because I'm not a rich man, mm. but <laughs> yet there's a lot of there's a lot of sins <laughs> that I've been. You know, hoping to get around to trying out. So, sure. So uh, what sort of price list are we working here? You know, like.
0: Well, I, I, I think the goal is to make it affordable. So right. We want everyone to be able to pay in. So. Sure. And here's the thing. This is going to be a volume business. Right.
1: Oh, definitely. It's not
0: about just waiting for one person to, you know, accidentally do a sacrifice to ball. Right. Right. And they got to put a grand in the jar. That's not, that's, 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 that's outdated, big money thinking. That's right. We need a more, you know, $9.99 a month, Spotify level kind mm-hmm. of, I'm thinking pocket change. Sure. Yeah. Dollar at the most. Right. Okay. And we do we we're going to make it up on volume.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Here's my question as a customer, Matt. Please. Is, can I test drive SINs? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, can you return nice. a SIN if you're not pleased with it? Yeah
0: interesting i think it depends on wear and tear right i think if you can return this sin in showroom condition right we'll talk about you know a partial refund because there's a restocking fee right there's you know there's processing fees you and those are just gone
1: you can't just say i did this sin and it yeah, ruined my like life it. you know because this sin's gonna ruin your life I mean, yeah
0: that's... you don't get to yeah you don't get to i don't get to email spotify and say hey this this daily mix playlist sucked Right, so I'm gonna want that money back. Right, now, right. I, th- I think it's a it's mostly okay. gonna be a you broke it, you bought it model. Right, yeah. but right. here at Sinjar Industries, we're open to loopholes. Okay. Right, right, <laughs> right,
1: Yeah, no, I think this is because uh, uh, you know the, I think the whole thing is you know do some bargain shopping. Absolutely. You know what's what what is the the the, the most sin that I could afford?
0: Yeah, well, you're looking for bang for the buck
3: here. Yeah, that's right. I think near the bottom of the barrel in terms of cost, you know, just cost effectiveness. Yeah. lethargy. Yeah, wow. you can get a lot of lethargy for your buying dollar.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know, I mean, you're not earning a lot to put towards the lethargy. Yeah. Really not. It's kind of self defeating. Yeah, but but you you can ride it for a while. That's and, the whole. That's yeah. the beauty of lethargy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think
0: I think it's a fine point, but Jed, I, here here's the problem with lethargy as a strategy. Hit me. Is lethargy comes with interest. Because you're bro. just going to happen. Is you're going to say you're going to do some lethargy. That's you're going to think I got I got to go put you know a sack of dollar or whatever in the right. sun jar. <laughs> but then you're going to think it's all the way on the other side of the sanctuary. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll yeah, I'll just get this next week. Right. Well, now you lethargied on your sin, so now that's two bucks. Right. And yeah. it just kind of it's going to keep compounding. You think. Well, now I got to wow. put two in there, but I only got I only got the one. I don't know where to get change. I'll get it next
3: week. And this is just going to compound. Your is. It's a very compelling point. You question, please. Can we do kind of seasonal thematic flash sales? Oh, so for example, destroying other people's property. (laughs) Normally that's pretty expensive. Yeah. Right. It's a lot. Sure. July 4th weekend though. Oh, destruction of other people's property. Half off in the Sinjar.
0: I love it. And here's why I love it. It's it's both. You, you're going to get more business just on that. Yeah, yeah. And being that they're not destroying our property, this is pure profit at this point. <laughs> That's right. But also, uh, you know, maybe a certain percentage of your customer base gets a taste for it.
2: Yeah. And when it bumps back to wow. full price, they've got know. the ba-
0: they've they've experienced hitting the office printer with an aluminum baseball bat. Right. And now right. it's July seventh, and they're thinking, yeah. well, this is going to cost me double, but I think it might be worth it.
3: I love that good that's rampage. Sweet, sweet.
1: That's how you
0: create new market segments.
1: <laughs> right. Well, then you could get a sin group on. Oh, Obviously. Right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Everybody going together on
0: this thing. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot.
2: I think this is a... One thing we haven't thought of yet is this is a whole new way for for Christians to choose their denomination. Ah because oh. certain denominations are going to charge premium for certain sins based oh, on sure. their theology. A you, little market a little competition. I don't
1: think I I think, I don't think um, uh, you'd have to be pretty rich to be Baptist. Definitely, yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. They're making up yeah. new sins every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah however,
0: totally. some of the big ones to the rest of us surprisingly cheap. Right. Yeah. yeah there's like some <laughs> that come up a lot. Yeah. In the Bible about like how you're supposed to act. Yeah. And uh, the Baptists are getting those for pennies on the dollar. That's oh, Cruelty is free. Cru- oh. See, it's,
3: it's like an insurance plan. <laughs> and we got to be clear, not cruelty free. Yeah. No. As in like testing makeup.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cruelty <laughs> is free. Yes, yeah.
3: exactly. Exactly. When... When you join a church, just if I may, yeah, so yeah. You, you get a plan, just like a health insurance plan with your oh, employer. Oh, right. Certain <laughs> services are covered, nice. others are not. In s- network. In network, you yeah. can't be cruel to just anyone. There's an approved list of people you can be cruel to, right, clearly. Right. But certain denominations, it's pretty generous. Okay. So, but other things, you know, it's like the plan will cover part of the sin jar, you have to cover part of the sin jar out of pocket. Right. So you ha- you have to you know weigh all of this in the balance and really find the sin plan that's best for you and your family.
2: Okay. Now, is there is there an is there like a compounding interest or amortization on past guilt? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you know, are there pre-existing conditions when I come when I become a member of the church, you know, am I going to have to divulge Old sins based on reputation, and Ooh, if oh, I yeah. if I leave a denomination, then let's say let's say I leave a certain denomination, go to a different, more progressive denomination. You know, if I got the tattoo once I left that denomination, you know, do I owe the money now that I'm in the new one? Hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean that that's certainly one way to think about it. I I would say, alternately, what we have not discussed yet is. Uh, Market competition goes in all directions. Okay. So currently every major denomination and large church in this country is fighting over like the same seven people. Right. Right. Who all they're on the billboard and you know, the khakis and the pressed Oxford blue shirt. Yeah. Obviously. And they have mop mop headed children. Yeah. And there's like one family. They're like the Cutcliffs. Yeah. And that's what every church in America is apparently trying to do. Right. Is woo these people in. Yeah. What we're, what we need to do is create a little more competition for the customer. Okay. So as, yeah. as Lee's saying now on one hand, you might say, well, if I have to divulge, you know what my, my particular areas of weakness are on this, that, maybe they drive up the price on me, but if they want your business, yeah. maybe they see a wow. profit motive for right. return business. That's right. Maybe you say, well, I, I came from a, uh,
1: that's true.
0: A denomination or a church where they were, uh, you know, real big on the, you know, you got to do it this way and not that way. And I, I really like doing it this way. I know it's wrong, but I really like doing it. Yeah. And church can say, what? Well, what were they charging you for that cent over there? Right. <laughs> that was a that was a 50 cent cent over there. Yeah. We'll give that to you for 10 cents.
1: Right. Right.
0: Just on, wow. we know you're going to make it up. because you are talking. You're going to be a return customer.
1: That's what, it, you know. I I think what's so uh, cool about this is that capitalism can never be wrong. Totally. The
0: market is spoken.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's what's amazing. But there's there's one thing that I was Googling while we were talking here. Oh. Uh, There's this thing called indulgences.
0: Ooh. Yes, we're going to charge a pretty penny for indulging in things. Yeah, that sounds good. That's good
3: branding.
1: That's like where the, you, you had to pay off like the stuff with the sins and the thing.
3: Oh, yeah, because that's way better branding than the Sinjar. I mean, the Sinjar is good, but an in indulgence. Yeah. I mean, that's like, uh, yeah, it's been a long week, and I deserve a little something for me. Check out indulgence, Indulgence.
0: That's probably how they said it in the 14th century uh, church, too.
1: Ladies drink free at indulgences. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: wow. We're so, not going to top that. Uh, no, we're not
0: going to top that. So, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to top that. A the Lutherans are completely going to uh, nail us, <laughs> nail our hides to the wall if they hear about this one. Yes, yeah. we forgot about their guy. He, he he had you know a lot of thoughts on something very similar to this here process. Yeah, and Lee you got one more thing for us before we wrap this up.
2: Yeah, I just you were you started this whole thing off by talking about the uh, the crowd participation at the bridge and uh and gave a couple examples and i want to ask that somebody tell the 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 story of uh of somebody offering a shoe to Pete lawson in the middle of his sermon do you guys remember this that he yes. was giving an example this was recent this was amazing no, it was amazing. a comb it wasn't a oh, shoe it was a comb he okay. was talking okay.
0: about this is a thing that's very common in residential programs because they don't have a lot of worldly possessions at this point but everybody has you know some basic toiletries So there's a fair amount of drama over somebody stole my comb, even though they all have the same comb. So 99 times out of 100, it ends up being you just put it on your bed or you put it in your pocket or something. So Pete's giving the example of someone stole your comb. It doesn't make any sense to be angry about it, I think, because that's not going to get back a comb. Yeah, and the guy's, it's,
1: it's only fifty cents, so yeah. I shouldn't be upset about
0: it. And a guy stands up, again, these and the people doing these things are always sitting in the middle of the service, holds up <laughs> a plastic comb yeah. and yells out, You can have my comb, Pete. Yeah, that's right. It's just that is the
2: that is the sweetest, most endearing and dear thing that I've heard in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, that one it we're pretty used to. It. We were pretty good at rolling stuff with the bridge. That one stopped us all on our tracks. Right. I'm like That's a whole new level right there. And with that Fantastic. adorable bit of good uh of sweet ministry story bartering off our rebranding of indulgences of indulgences, <laughs> I declare emergency off. Now again, you see why we have to run uh, the ideas we have here to say that world headquarters through a few, um, you know, a few filters. Because occasionally, just the things we're thrown up off the top of our head end up being century-old heresies <laughs> yeah. that cause the uh, the nigh-catastrophic split of the Western Church.
1: Yeah, that's a big whoopsie.
0: Yeah, we al- we almost re-kicked off the Hundred Years' War there. That is what we call in, as Glenn points out, the theological term of that is a bit of a whoopsie. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sorry about that. But again, I, as I point out often, one of the things we do put a lot of effort into making sure we don't accidentally kick off clerical, nor indeed inter inter, uh, you know, empire war with, is Bridgebox. Right. Because we take we take a time. We you know we only put out one a month, so there's a moment to say, did we reinvent? <laughs> You know, some kind of thing that the Council of Nicaea said we don't do anymore.
3: Next month's Bridgebox topic Gnosticism. <laughs> Maybe it's good? Question mark. Yes.
0: All these Bible study references are from the Gospel of Thomas. What's that? You'll find out. No, but for now, we're talking about being an overcomer here in the month of March. Got lots of great songs, Bible studies, sermons from Glenn and myself, lots of good stuff. All of that to fuel your walk for only $8 a month, which goes to support uh, our Deacons program here in Chicago, goes to support work Lee does down there in Tennessee. If you want to sign up, com slash bridge box. All right. We're going to do something a little different this week. We are going to do our normal three question format that are all going to be based around a theme. So we had a friend of the show, Zach Hughes wrote in with yeah. a, a kind of a, a big tent of a question. And I thought it would be a uh, pretty good. It would be a good idea to look at this. Uh, from a number of angles, because I didn't want to kind of cram this this big idea into kind of one 15-minute segment. So Zach wrote in and said, could you do a segment about the virtues of God? What are they? What do they mean? Should we be praying for them? Kind of like a Virtues 101 class. And take it from a man and myself who failed a lot of 101 classes. <laughs> virtues 101, I would not have done very well in anyway. it. But we're going to do that idea, because we've been, we've talked about it a fair amount over the years in the show. But I feel like... Uh, we've been talking about it a little more recently, this idea of virtues, uh, kind of these things we get directly from God. So I, and I think it is, as we've, I've talked about the show, one of those things that's a little under-discussed in kind of the wider Christian culture currently. So I thought this was, this was worth the whole episode. We're going to look at this from a few angles, and I think if you st- stick with this, there's going to be a lot for everyone listening to take away and kind of apply to their walk. So we're going to start out with the basic basics. And Glenn, if you could kick us off on this just... Uh, Pure definitionally, what are virtues? Virtues are
1: elements of God's character uh, that he gives to us. We receive them from him. Uh, And uh, virtues are what allow us to be godly, be like him, because we receive those things from him. And virtues are consumed as we use them. If I ask for uh, courage, and I use that, and I'm courageous in that situation, I apply that courage to that situation, and I need to be courageous tomorrow, I'm probably going to need to pray for more courage tomorrow. And this way we depend on God to receive all of these virtues from him that we need in order to, to uh, walk our walk here. The reason why we want to focus on virtues is uh, because we can get caught up in sort of a uh, sin, righteousness versus, as opposed to vices and virtues, right? So, uh, I can think of sin as just that's everything that's bad, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, and so forth. And if I if I'm doing any of those, I'm a bad person. And if I'm you know, if I'm uh, uh, not doing them, I'm a good person. And I, I can look at a list of good things: going to church, reading my Bible, putting money in the plate. If I am doing those things, then I'm maybe I'm a good person, and so on and so forth. But the problem is, all of those things are a fruit of something else that's driving that. So if I uh, have love for someone, and I, I I do something virtuous off of that that love that I have for them, uh, that's the fruit. the 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 action that I'm taking is a fruit of a virtue that's underneath. If I do something that's pretty uh, sinful and bad, that's because of a vice that I've embraced in my life, a, a, an element of uh, something that's either come from the enemy or come from my own flesh, that's really meant to to be uh, driving itself towards a selfish place in my life. So that's virtues. Um, It's important to recognize how virtues work in the sense that they are consumed, as we mentioned, so we have to keep going back for more. Uh, We also need to recognize how they reinforce each other. So um, if you think about it like this, um, uh, if you take the virtue of zeal, then that works in harmony with faith and courage and joy, that, that, that all those would work and reinforce each other. Self-control is a virtue, and that would sort of naturally emerge from strength, wisdom, and patience. You know, all those things would drive— uh, honesty, for example, we've talked about this on the podcast before, should not violate gentleness or love or humility— that that if we're if we're trying to be honest, but we're doing that in a way that's not loving, that's not really being honest. It's not telling the whole story. We're we're doing something we know will wound someone without caring about that, without taking the time to be loving with it. So um, uh, uh, the, all of those virtues uh, fit together in that way. Um, I can I came up I actually. Wrote down a list. I tried to think of uh, sort of a list of virtues because we, uh, you know, I think we all have a sense of what those things are. But I think that part of the problem with doing that is that uh, if, if I if I look at um, let's say uh, uh, the the virtue of being gentle and the virtue of, of kindness, those. Th- tend to kind of go together. So at some point, you're kind of splitting hairs on the semantics of that, if you see what I'm saying. Uh, but I, I sort of jotted down a fairly full list of these things. And you'll recognize, if, if you think of a virtue that's not on this list, is probably sort of a version of, uh, or or as a fruit of, one of the things that are on this list. So I jotted down uh, love. These, these are virtues. Again, elements of God's character that he gives to us so we can walk this walk. Love, humility, grace, thankfulness, wisdom, uh, understanding, and that, you, that means understanding people, situations, understanding the truth of things, so, so empathy. We could sort of put discernment with that. Justice, uh, kindness, self-control, uh, zeal we mentioned already, patience. Joy is a virtue. Hope is a virtue. Peace, gentleness. Uh, faith, obviously, courage, uh charity, uh perseverance, mercy, uh, strength, and that's sort of you know spiritual strength to do the walk and honesty. Those, those that's kind of my list of virtues of things I think we need to look at. Uh I think we can look at a list like that and start developing ideas about what what do I what am I weakest on, what do I need to grow in, and so forth. But I think uh uh really it's about looking at um figuring out what do I need for my given situation. So I, I, I think that kind of gives us sort of the basics of uh, what we're talking about with virtues.
0: I think it's a really, really fantastic place to start off. And Leah, I'd love if you to pick us up there because I think Glenn did an amazing job lining out what virtues are. And let's go into the differentiation of godly virtues versus the idea of just kind of a person being virtuous.
2: Yeah, I, I love the way that Glenn ended that with the, the idea of what do I need in a current situation? Um, one of the th- the ways that I like to think about this is the things that I can't just grip my teeth and, and make happen for myself. I, I can't just conjure these things or muster these things on my own. And, and another way to think about that or, or another way to state it is... Um. Elements of my character that don't make sense in my situation. So, for instance, if, if everything is going exactly the way I hoped it would, if, uh, if my finances are secure and my wife is happy and my kids are safe, it would make sense for me to have peace. That would make sense for me to to, you know, to sit on my front porch and, uh, and, to have, and to have a sense of peace but if if i'm in the middle of a trial or a storm or a problem and you know my my you know my 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 basement is flooded and my kids are having trouble and my and my wife is having some kind of tough relationship with somebody you know whatever then if i were to have peace in that kind of a situation that is outside of me that's we're we're now getting into the territory that glenn was talking about with the thing that I need to face a certain situation, something I cannot create for myself. It doesn't make sense naturally, as in just in my human abilities or whatever, my human emotional landscape, to have peace in the middle of a storm. It doesn't make sense for me naturally of my own strength or my own virtuosity, as you're saying, Matt, or my own goodness. It doesn't make sense for me to have love for an enemy. It doesn't make sense for me to have courage against insurmountable odds. But when the Spirit of God is at work in, in inside me, giving me elements of His character, as Glenn's saying, then I have things that I can't muster up on my own. I, I You know, you, you do meet people who—you meet human beings who don't know the Lord, who have peace, who have love, and who have courage— but to have peace in a storm, to have love for an enemy, to have courage in the middle of an insurmountable, against insurmountable odds, this is a totally different thing. These are things I can't muster up on my own. This is, the the virtues of God coming into a person's life are things that, that change a person in a way that they can't change themselves automatically on their own. Um, and historically, we see these at work in the sense of, you know when when the spirit of god came into individual people like as the as the you know after jesus was ascended into heaven and the the church started growing and and people started walking with the lord in a new way having the spirit of god inside them then for the first time in human history we have charities and hospitals and orphanages and stuff like that. We didn't have any of that kind of stuff before. This is a new thing. This is a new level of love. This is a new level of care. It's a new level of peace. It's a new level of justice. As Glenn's saying, this is not the grit your teeth stuff. This is the spirit of God changing utterly the way people are.
0: Absolutely. And Jed, while we're looking at the kind of the concrete ideas around this, Um, What is a good place to start with um, looking to Scripture just to—if we're starting to think about virtues for maybe the first time or thinking about things in the context of virtues, what would be a a simple and digestible place to start that off?
3: Well, the easiest place by far is going to be in the book of Galatians in the fifth chapter, um, where Paul lays out what are commonly known in Christian circles as the fruits of the Spirit. And um, these were all on Glenn's list, but the, the the specific fruits of the spirit that are referenced in Galatians five are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. So that's um, if if this is a brand new concept to you, that's a great place to uh, begin. Again, that's the sp- the fruits of the spirit from Galatians chapter five. But it's actually really worth looking. In Old Testament and New Testament, both, how often the implication of when God is dealing with someone that they're going to need a bit of his character in order to do the thing that he's calling Mm. them to do. Throughout the Old Testament, there are stories where God will say to people, be strong and courageous and go do this thing. Well, it would be kind of almost a cruel thing if what God meant was figure out on your own, apart from me, how to have strength and courage and then go do this. Yeah, (laughs) That that would be a little bit weird. There's an implication here. In fact, a lot of translations read, take courage, take courage. You're going to do this thing. It's going to require courage. So take some courage and go do it. Uh, The book of James talks about if any of you lacks wisdom, Ask God and he will give you wisdom. As, as you read throughout the Bible, there's this clear through line of there are elements of God's character that he wants to give you. Both that you will need. You will definitely need these in order to live the life that he has for you. But also, that he just wants to give to you. He's, he's not being stingy. He's not holding back. Uh, people talk all the time about wanting blessings from God in their lives. Uh, God's virtues are for sure blessings he wants for you. They're blessings he wants for you right now, today. Uh, He wants you to have them. He may or may or not want you to have a Ferrari. He definitely wants you to have peace and wisdom and joy, which I promise you, having known some people with Ferraris is much better than a Ferrari. (laughs) Much, much better. So it's throughout the Bible. It's really good stuff. But again, if this is a brand new concept for you, Galatians chapter five is, is kind of that most basic distillation of that idea.
0: Absolutely right. That is a really fantastic place to start off and look at that. And that brings us to the next aspect of this we're going to look at, which is now that we know what virtues are, what effect do they have on our life and on our walks? We're kind of moving from a what to a why here. And Lee, where would we pick that concept up?
2: I think for me, the, you know, I go back to where kind of Glenn started on this in the sense that, and, and exactly where Jed kind of landed on that too, of this idea of God wants to give it and then you receive it, um, that what happens is, is that this pushes you beyond the normal human levels of these things that that these guys are mentioning, the love, joy, kindness. that the people of God walking by his power and receiving his virtues are... Are more than human beings who are devoted to ideals and are learning to practice them. You know, when you're learning, when you're devoted to a certain set of principles and you're learning how to practice these things and you're getting better, and the idea is, I'm going to develop a strategy and I'm going to get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. I'm going to try to level up. I'm going to hit checkpoints and I'm going to get better and better and better. That's not exactly what we're talking about. What we're talking about is that you are applying to a, a, a person who has an infinite store of the thing that you need for a given situation, and you're saying, I want to receive from you everything I need for this situation. So for instance, I have a broken relationship that I need to seek some restoration in, um, or I have somebody that I need to forgive. I need to receive from you, God your love for this person and the forbearance to be able to handle the conversation that we need to have so that I can forgive and so that I can move past this. I do not have the ability or the time or the the chance to get the reps to level up to the kind of person who can do this. Uh, I need to receive from you right now. The way you see this person, the way you feel about this person, how, what it means to forbear and forgive 70 times seven, all the things that the Lord said. I need to receive something that I, and get this, I do not have in myself. I'm, I want to open myself up to receive from your infinite storehouse something I do not have for this situation that you are calling me into that I cannot do on my own. That's what we're trying to do here is that God is calling me into a situation that on my own human power, I do not have the courage for or the peace for or the hope for or the, the generosity for or the discernment for. Um, uh, just as a quick example, a couple of years ago, we had a very sticky situation at the church, and uh, we had several families who were involved in kind of a controversial issue, and we didn't know who was right, who was lying, who was what, what was up, what was down. It was a total it was it was dramatic, it was difficult, and everything. And the the pastors got together, and the thing that we said is we need to stop everything, and we need to ask the Lord for the wisdom and the discernment to know what to do step by step. We're not going to ask him for what to do 15 steps from now. We're asking for one step at a time. And dude, it was so cool. Over the next kind of two and a half weeks, he walked us moment by moment, conversation by conversation through that thing. This wasn't our wisdom. It wasn't by our experience. It wasn't by our brilliance or anything like that. We received wisdom to walk through this step by step from the shepherd, from the infinite storehouse of his wisdom.
0: A fantastic place to start off, and I think a very good picture of the the way this can get you. And Jed in a very kind of practical idea you, know, you we talked you talked about uh, those things in Galatians five and yeah. what those are how those how those might affect our life uh one of the things they are if you just look at the list, it seems like kind of heady concepts, sure it's faith and hope and, and courage and long suffering and all these these things but i would like to talk, do a little bit of talk about the the practical application of virtues and how uh, that can make our life better.
3: Sure. Absolutely. Well, it might sound odd to describe virtues, as you say, these very high minded ideas uh, as follows, but at least part of the way they impact our life and our walk is that they are a problem solving toolkit. Um, you mm-hmm. might carry, you know, a Swiss army knife or a leatherman around with you, or you've got a tool bag or something. You know, when a problem comes up, you pull out that multi-tool and you you get to work. Virtues are actually supposed to be just like that. So um if God's asking you to do something and, and be in a certain situation and you find that you're afraid, well get some courage. That's that's the point of courage. Um if you're if he's asking you to, to live a certain way and you're finding that you're feeling discouraged, get some hope. We've done. We're we're beginning to at least for today, we're beginning to solve these problems. We may need more hope tomorrow. We may need more courage later this afternoon. That's okay. We can ask for more, we can receive more. But we have a problem, we need to solve that problem, and this is a toolkit, uh, this is a resource that allows us to solve those problems so that we can live um, not just the life, but the adventure, actually, that God is calling us to live. But you know, that actually leads to something I, I think is is really important. It would be easy to take almost a negative view on all this, in a sense, of like, God wants me to live a life, but it's a life that's super hard, and so I need His help to live it, and... That almost sounds like a bummer in a way. So let's add a bit of shading to this because it's actually really important. God wants to take you on an adventure. Mm. God wants to take you on an amazing journey that is going to blow your mind. The thing about adventures is all adventures have challenges inherent to them. All adventures have ups and downs. It's not an, an Arctic expedition voyage if there's not a risk of something going wrong. That's just a vacation. That's the, the the risk is what makes it an adventure. That's, that's part of what makes it like a cool, amazing thing. God wants to take you on an adventure. This is not about God basically wants you to suffer, but he's going to give you some stuff that makes it cool that you're suffering. It's not like that. God wants to take you on adventure. God wants you to join him in the work that he's doing and this amazing plan and purpose he has for your life. But to take part of it, you will need more than what you've got within you internally. And he wants the two of you to be a team. He wants the two of you to work together so that it is this sense of partnership. So as problems come up, as they would in any adventure, any real adventure is going to encounter problems. Otherwise, it's not an adventure. As those problems come up, because of those virtues, you have a toolkit that you can can use to solve those problems.
0: Absolutely right. I think it's a fantastic, fantastic way to look at this thing. And Glenn, uh, you mentioned when we we're talking about that first question, uh, as often comes up when you discuss virtue, the concept of vices. Yeah, and I think that is going to be a helpful way for us to look at these things because while you're right that they're not exactly a one to one, some of us are a little more uh, little uh, more familiar with the real world application of vices. Right. That's right virtues? So how yeah. how does that help us kind of understand what's going on here?
1: Well, I think we do need to be familiar with vices for sure, and, and when we say virtues and vices, this is just kind of the, the lingo that we're using to describe these things. You know, this isn't, uh, these aren't, uh, uh, ideas that, or the vocabulary isn't biblical. This is just our, our vocabulary we use to describe these kinds of things. Uh, so feel free to, to, uh, you know adjust the vocabulary to suit where you're at but you're absolutely right uh the, the for example we might say well hatred is the opposite of love but i think indifference is a lot closer to the opposite of love mm. um i think we for example we might look at humility and pride being opposites and and they are i mean that much is true they those are sort of uh mirror images of each other but it's more complicated than that because if you look at what humility does in our life uh, in the way it affects all these vices that we have if i introduce uh, humility into the ecosystem of my vice ridden <laughs> life it's going to not only push back on my pride but it's going to push back on envy humility right. will really you know make it hard to be envious uh it's pushing back on doubt for example uh and i'm saying self doubt uh you know in other words uh, a humble person uh doesn't have that kind of self doubt you you know what i mean a, a person with self doubt says i don't know if i can accomplish this a humble person like lee was just talking about says this is a big messy problem i know i can't handle this i, I don't i don't doubt that i can't handle it that that's that's having doubt Humility says, "There's no doubt I can't," so I go to God. <laughs> you know that's uh, humility would solve the problem of doubt. Um, humility uh, keeps us from being uh, condemning people and being judgmental towards people. So humility kind of pushes back on a whole host of different vices that we have in our life. But the reverse is also true. We might think of. Greed and charity as being opposites, you know, and and, and again, they they are in the the big picture. They oppose one another, that's for sure. But if I have, if I start getting a lot of greed going inside of me, how is that going to affect the way I think about justice? That's really, justice is going to take a hit right away if I get more greed going. I deserve this. They don't deserve this. I'm perverting justice in order to get my greed going. How about empathy? <clears throat> I'm supposed to be have some empathy and, and some uh, care and concern. And, and uh, what about uh, mercy? If I'm a greedy person, it's hard to be merciful at the same time. The, the two just kind of can't occupy the same space in my mind. So greed is going to attack on a, a whole host of fronts, not just yeah. uh, charity itself. So I think we need to have the sense both on the positive side and the negative side that uh that it is like that seed and the roots spread out it it is like the yeast and spreads itself through the batch of dough but maybe the 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 more modern way of expressing that is it's like a virus either to the positive or to the negative where it it spreads itself out through the system and it, it's going to uh, uh deal with this on a number of fronts so that's the effect to answer your question that's the effect that having those vices at work in your life and the way they work uh, inside of your spirit.
0: And It's a really, really good breakdown of that. And let's so let's we started with what, and then we kind of moved on to a why, and let's land in a place we we always want to try to land on the podcast, and that's with a how. Ah, so what we'll look at this, uh, and it kind of goes exactly to what uh, where Zach started us off with this original question. Is so we've looked at what virtues are. We've looked at the effect they can have on your life for in the huge positive way, how that can help bring wisdom and, and strength and a lot of good stuff into your walk. So now, and Jed, let you, start us off on this. The question becomes, how do I start getting me some of these?
3: Okay. Well, for 1995. We, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Virtue jar. Yeah, I, I got confused, there. <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought that was the moment. For virtue Simjar,
0: jar incorporated.
3: Okay. How do you start getting them? Okay. Well, the short answer is you ask God for them. You go to God and you say, I need courage. But there tends to be a living out element on this. I'll explain what I mean. Suppose that you need a job, um, that you're, um, you, you're out of work and you need to find some employment. You should go and ask God, God, please give me a job. You, you should definitely do that. That's a good thing. And you should do that every day. You will not wear him out. He wants to do that. As a part of you petitioning the Lord for a job, you should also go and apply for a job. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really critical to do that second piece. Um, God can give you a job without you applying for one. Under most circumstances, he would prefer that you went and and applied for one though. So this is, this is critical. And we all know that we're, we're aware of that. Um, But as it turns out, even though we're talking again about kind of high minded, you know, spiritual kind of stuff, there's still an active component with a heck of a lot of these fruits of the spirit, with these virtues of God. So I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean. Suppose that you want joy or maybe contentment. Um, One of you should ask God, you should go to God in prayer and say, God, I need more joy in my life. I need more contentment in my life. Please give that to me. These are good things to have. One of the things you can do that will really assist the Lord in giving that joy and that contentment to you is to practice giving thanks. If you practice giving thanks, it will lead to more joy and more contentment in your life. Um, In fact, one thing, uh, you might have heard of this concept before, a gratitude journal. Uh, Hopefully a daily time that you've set aside to write about a thing or maybe multiple things in your life that you are grateful for and what you're grateful for about them. This is a great practice. It will lead to more joy and more contentment in your life. It's really good. Can God give you joy and contentment without you doing that? He can, We also may want to make it easy on the Lord by participating in the process, just like applying for the job that we are hoping to receive. So just as a few examples, if you want more love in your life, and particularly, you know, maybe more love towards, you know, there's this person that's kind of difficult, practice acts of service. Get in the mode of serving people. If it's possible, figure out how to serve that person who is difficult. you you will experience more love towards people and towards that person if you do that. That doesn't lessen the supernatural quality of God placing love into your heart. It Also, when you apply for a job, it doesn't lessen God's provision of the job to you, but you are participating responsibly in this thing that God is doing. One yeah. more, and actually the, the Bible really directly addresses this. Um, you've probably heard the verse, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you, which is true and a great verse and fantastic. There's another verse in the Bible that starts out the exact same way. It says, cast your cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. If you want strength, one of the key ways to get it is to get in the motion of casting your cares. Um, And that's directly in the Bible. Um, It's saying, first you cast your cares, then you get the strength. That's how this works. So... I'm going to go both to the Lord in prayer and hopefully also to someone else that I can trust. That could be a counselor, that could be a therapist, that could be a pastor or a mentor, but I'm going to cast my cares on them as well. I'm going to get the stuff that's kind of eating away at me in the inside out so that I don't have to store all of it in my brain. Man, will you find some strength in the process of doing that. You will find God meeting you way, way more than halfway. So again, we ask God for these virtues that we need. We also want to participate in the process of receiving them, and there are approaches we can take kind of for each of these things that will help move that process along.
0: Absolutely right. That is all really fantastic stuff. And Lee, I'd love to get you to pick us up there, because I think there there's a, um, a very easy way to get started on some of this, and it's, it's true in a lot of ways, which is if you're walking with Jesus, if you have a relationship with God, if you're saved, you have virtues. He's giving you these things. So uh, I think an easy kind of before we even get into step one of what Jez's talking about there, kind of a a good momentum builder, kind of a step zero, if you will, is looking at what's already going on around you. And how might we do that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's no better reinforcement than to find out that something that you've tried has worked. Um, The the plain fact is that since you have been walking with Jesus, however long it's been, um, and, and we're not just talking to Zach, who wrote this question in. Uh, whoever 's listening however long you 've been walking with jesus even if, if it 's been if it 's been a week or if it 's been you know ten years or even longer you have called on the Lord to help you with things you 've called on the Lord and asked him help me out of this mess <laughs> you 've asked him to help you in some way you have you have gone to him and pleaded for his help doing something you can 't do on your own one thing that I would encourage you to do is talk to the people in your life around you and ask them to 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 tell you about yourself, how you've changed. I think that you need to celebrate the fact that the virtues of God are at work in your life. They are. And the people around you who love you can see it. And and I'd love for you to, to, to kind of ask that, just kind of ask around so that you can see that, man, it works. I've asked God for things and he's helped me through things and he's changing me. And the people in my life, they see the change. Um, One of the things that I love is to, I, I love to go into certain ministry environments and to tell people that I'm working with, hey, I see you changing in this way. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, dude, anybody with two eyes can see you changing in this exact way. And you can see a fire kindle behind their eyes. You can see their heart lift up and they're like, For real, for real? Like, you see that in me? Yes, dude, I see that in you. Um, Anybody that's in your life can see the changes that are happening in you. And, And, you know, I mean, it's one of those deals where it's like, finding out that i have called upon the lord i've asked for something i have received it and other people in my life have seen him work at work in me have seen the change that's the kind of encouragement that you can a celebrate and two b you can you can say all right this works I'm going to keep rolling with this. I think Jed's exactly right. You get to participate in the process in this, which makes the whole thing just kind of catch on fire. But knowing, first of all, that people in your life do see the product of you calling on the Lord and you becoming something that you could never be on your own. There's a supernatural change that's happening in your life, whether you've been walking with the Lord for a week or whether you've been walking with the Lord for 10 years. And so I would look for that stuff and celebrate that and recognize, hey, this works. That's a reinforcement, and that's an encouragement that I need to keep going with this. Amen.
0: That's really, really good and useful stuff. And Glenn, where would you round out this discussion of virtues?
1: Well, I think what I would want us to look at is there's a... Uh, There's a tendency, as we're trying to be smart about this whole world of vices and virtues, there's a tendency to look at the human analog of a lot of these things and rely on them. So rather than, as Lee was talking about earlier, asking for wisdom, I might decide I want to rely on my own intelligence rather than asking God for wisdom. Uh, As Jed was talking about before, I think a a Maserati would make me happy— but I could just ask for joy now and skip the whole Maserati part. Yeah. You think, well, that the you know, then I don't get to be smart, uh, a smart guy driving a Maserati. You know, yeah, as all the, smart guys do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but you do live a much better life and you have a lot more money in your pocket that left over. So <laughs> there's, there's trade offs here. So. I think uh, a part of it is 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 starting there, I'm not re- relying on sort of the human analogs of all of these things. Uh, uh, another part of it, it that Chet, I think, was really getting us into thinking about is, when, you, if you listen to the podcast and you say, how do these guys seem to be able to kind of cut through complicated situations and make it kind of simple and kind of nail it down to stuff that's definitely, you know, scriptural, biblical, and so on and so forth— it's because this is how we think of it. We we're looking at this person's problem, and we're looking at it uh, in the framework of what sort of virtues are missing here and what sort of vices are present here, mm-hmm. and that gives us a, a strategy for how to deal with that. But beyond that, if if you have some years in in ministry and you have some reps, as as Jed was kind of describing uh all of these different virtues work a different way and they do different they they have and and and, and uh, vices is the same way if you look at um for example uh we were talking about thankfulness and thankfulness has a way of really opening doors and getting us to the threshold of making changes if, if we look at um, uh, 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 humility. Humility is, you can't grow, you can't move. That's like gas in the tank. You're not getting anywhere without humility in terms of spiritual growth. So you begin to see, okay, if somebody is stuck and they, they can't get where they're going and they got no gas in the tank and they, whatever, we start with thankfulness, we get some humility behind that and so on and so forth. So you could see how over time... You just kind of catalog all the things. It's like a periodic table of elements. You know how, where all, what all these things are and what they do. And it becomes a lot easier to try and help people walk the walk. But here's the thing we're talking about virtues today, and it's good to know about virtues, but it is super important to be smart about vices. Mm. We need to be. Innocence as doves, we need to be as wise as serpents. I'd yeah. say this to pastors all the time. You do not say any smart stuff about sin at all in this sermon. You talk you told us for thirty minutes about that we should do the right thing we already knew we were supposed to do. You didn't say a single word about why we're not doing it and what we're stuck on. You have to be not only talking about sin, but you need to be smart about it. You need to know what it's doing. So let's talk about, as a way of doing that, let's look at, I made a list of vices here. Uh, and, oh, that's
0: why the printer was out of ink. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, selfishness, that's the big one there. Hatred, and I would include in that self-hatred, uh, c- uh, condemning, and again, self-condemnation. So these can be internal and external both, so let's be aware of that. Uh, pride is uh, a, a vice. Obviously, doubt, uh, uh, cowardice, uh, being unforgiving, greed, idolatry, indifference. We talked about before. Fear, uh, guilt. You know, wallowing in the emotions of guilt, uh, lust. Obviously, prejudice. Uh, so that instead of being wi- having wisdom, you're prejudging everything all the, the time. Vanity, there's a big one. And man, would I like to hear a sermon about vanity just once before I die. Man, <laughs> somebody talk about it because it's all around us. Uh, dishonesty, uh, rage, obviously, shame. Uh, uh, we mentioned uh, laziness, uh, 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 sloth, as they say in the, in the older translations.
0: Or it's one of uh, even fancier, sloth.
1: Yeah. Uh, envy is a big <laughs> one uh obsession uh you can kind of put addiction in with that uh and what what, what's cool in putting these lists together is you realize there's a lot of vices and virtues we don't really have a word for and uh uh, uh, one that we don't have a word for i can only express as a phrase is willful ignorance Yes. Yeah. We are, you don't have wisdom, but you're purposely not going to get it. You know, there's maybe a little pride with that, you know.
3: Plausible deniability. <laughs> yeah, hey. Kind of stuff,
1: you know, so uh, so again, I'm giving you a lot of uh, uh, things to list out here, but it, it goes beyond what we're saying here. We're just trying to kind of give you a sense of how to think about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to recognize how these things work, uh, and that— uh, Particularly on the vices that we're talking about, being smart about vices, that these things build on one another the same way that that uh, virtues do. So, um, uh, uh, we were talking before about you know what thankfulness does and what uh, what humility does. Uh, greed, for example, can be driven by envy, vanity, and that obsession, that addiction piece um if you look at cowardice that can be driven by fear uh, doubt and again you know doubting what god's saying what his promises are so i'm i'm in a, a point of cowardice off of that and that indifference piece if i just don't care about a situation i'm not going to try and be courageous with it uh, uh fear fear and shame and guilt you hear us talk about on the podcast all the time that drives a whole bunch of problems that we have in our lives You can can save yourself a lot of problems on most counseling situations just by asking, where's the fear, shame, or guilt in this situation, and you're going to be in the ballpark. So, again, seeing how these things work together, how they reinforce each other, build on each other, trigger each other, set each other off, Mm -hmm. if you get your brain into thinking uh, that way, you're not hung up on the fruit, uh, that is the action that, uh, you know, the, the act of sin that a person is committing. You're really looking at the foundation of where did all this start? Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. started with a decision to see it this way, and uh, uh, these things are kind of triggering each other and setting each other off. And we can go back in there and say, okay, rather than this uh, pride, we need to get some humility in its place to drive and push that out and so forth.
0: That's all fantastic stuff. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode, something a little different for us. I thought uh, we had a lot of fun breaking down a bunch of aspects of a bigger topic. So if you did like it, uh, you can let us know. So that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you have an idea for something you'd like to see broken down in this way, uh, we're open to doing More of these in the future. We'll be back next week with a more regular episode, taking a look at three different questions. If you want to sign up for Bridge Action, go to missionusa.com slash bridgebox. All right, bing! that the man who... Inspired this entire episode was our man out of Nashville, Zach Hughes. We're going to take out the song performed by him. This is Zach's yes. version of the hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Take out that. Right. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: To say that podcast, our staff and management would like to apologize for accidentally reinventing indulgences. All sins are now free. Woo! <laughs> Wait, that didn't sound right. <laughs>
0: Come on down to Uncle Mark's house. Be thou my
4: vision. Of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best, art. oh, by day or oh, by night, waking or sleeping. My wisdom, and thou my true word, I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord, thou my great father, and I thy true son, thou in me dwelling. I with thee one riches I heed not, nor land's empty pray. Thou mine.